0: Over the last 15 weeks, man, that's a long time, we've been looking at Holy Spirit, and we've covered a lot of different information, and in this, this latter half of this series, we've been covering the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Paul writes to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, he says, Brethren, I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. And by this point in time, we've went through every single one of the gifts except the last two. So we have de because that's what Paul went on to do. Paul went on to de the Corinthians after he makes that statement. So people understood what the gifts of the Spirit were. And it's interesting that if Paul spent this much time teaching the church on spiritual gifts... That we would still be ignorant to what spiritual gifts are, two thousand years later. But a lot of Christians are ignorant to spiritual gifts, and it's not your well. It, you don't get off the hook easy, that easy. You got a Bible. You can study. You can you can figure this stuff out for yourself. But for a lot of people, ignorance is bliss, right? Because if I understand something, then I have to walk in it, right? I have to. Believe it. it, it it messes with my belief system. It messes with me seeing who I am. That God expects me to, to to walk the earth like Jesus? That's that's crazy to to think that. But that's exactly when we sing these songs. I mean, there's a song we sing here and it's on the radio. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in. You. What does that mean? Does that just, do we just sing it and say, that's, that's a nice song? And, or do we really internalize it and say, you know what? If that's true, why? Why, why doesn't it look like it? Right? And, and we are on the last two gifts of the Spirit, and the last two gifts is tongues and interpretation of Tongues. Probably the hottest button in religion. And uh, we're going to be looking at this day and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 and 11, for Paul writes unto them and says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. So how are these gifts come? The gifts come through what? The Spirit working through your Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But the one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each individual as he wills. So the Holy Spirit wills to distribute these gifts through individuals, which is you. Right, And we broke this up and to, Just to help us as, This is more of a teaching we've been doing Help us to understand these a little bit better But we just seen that there's nine gifts three, three categories We put them in three categories But it's all the same spirit It's all the Holy Spirit So we have the, the revelation gifts Which is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge And the discerning of spirits That's Holy Spirit, God, revealing to you something Revealing something to you that you could not know through your own natural senses, your own natural mind. And we've seen that the word of wisdom is what? Something that is future tense, something that's going to happen in the future. The word of knowledge is something that is either present tense or past tense, but you understand or have knowledge of this independent of your own natural mind. It's just revealed to you. And then the discerning of spirits, we talked about how that's the discerning of someone's the spirit behind someone. Um, it's, a, it's the ability to see angels. I mean, you read the Bible. people The early church, the book of Acts is filled with people seeing angels. And people still see angels today. People have seen angels in here. Is that weird? Well, then it must be God. Because if it's, it's weird to our natural mind, right? So we're discerning the spirits. Then we move to the power or energy, the gift of faith, which is not believing faith. It's, it's a supernatural faith where you believe God and God does super, something supernatural in your life. The gifts of healings. We've seen that there's the ability that it's not, it's not just coming together in, in, in faith on the word or the promises of God. It's a supernatural power that comes through an individual to heal someone. And then the working of miracles, you know, we talked about this, the, the water turned into wine, that, that was a working of miracles, and we talked about that night, that night we had a worship service here, and, and just supernaturally, this whole, this whole place filled up with the smell of incense, I mean, that was a crazy night, people... If you weren't here last week or that when we talked about this, people literally got up out of their seats and started looking at candles because it, it was a night service that we did. They started looking in can, at candles because they thought something was on fire, something was burning. And then when they went looked looked at the candles, they were all LED candles and they weren't even aflame. We had people going downstairs in the basement, everywhere. Yeah, it was a miracle, a miracle. And then we are moved on to last week, we looked at the inspiration gifts. These are gifts to the church, to, for the edify, edification, for the um, exhortation and the comfort of the body. And last week we looked at prophecy, and we've we seen that the gift of prophecy is not a fortune teller. So when someone operates in the gift of prophecy, they are not telling the future. You should that's the. Office of a prophet. An office of a prophet is different than the gift of prophecy. The office of a prophet has the ability to see things that are to come in the future, but he's not operating in the gift of prophecy. He's operating in what? The word of wisdom. Very good. Someone's paying attention. So we looked and we've seen that prophecy isn't for tearing down. It's not for condemning. It's not... For any of those things, it's for edification, which means to build up, exhortation, that means to encourage, and for comfort, to bring the comfort of the Lord to, to the situation. And comfort is, is different than having pity. Comfort is different than having pity. Comfort is, 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 has encouragement, and it has that exhortation and edification within it. And today, we're grabbing that hot potato, Gifts of Tongues and Interpretation of Tongues. And we're going to cover both of these today because they're sister gifts. Within the church, the, the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues is supposed to always happen together. It's so tongues and interpretation of tongues. I'm sure there's a lot of people here when we say the word tongues, you already have a lot of ideas of what you believe about tongues. And there's probably a lot of weird stuff against tongues, and there's probably a lot of weird stuff for tongues that people believe, believe here. But today, because this is such a hot topic, we're going to and it was, a, it was a very hot topic in, in Paul's day because Paul spends the whole chapter, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, talking about these last three, or these last three gifts, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. He spends an entire chapter explaining what this is and how it's to be used within the church. And because so many people have so many ideas already built, belief systems built in in their heads, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to take Paul's approach to it, and we're just going to go through 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we're going to see what the Bible says. Not what we've been told, but what the Bible says. So first of all, we're going to look at what what it's not. Okay? We're going to look at what... The gift of tongues and interpretations is not. The gift of tongues is not a spiritual prayer language. Now, right now I got some people upset with man, both sides of that. Some people are happy right now. Some people are upset. I'm not saying that there is not a spiritual prayer language in tongues. But the gift of tongues is not a spiritual language. Prayer language. Amen. The gift of tongues is Holy Spirit speaking to your spirit and you speaking out loud, you speaking out loud in a language that you do not understand. Okay? And then someone interprets that. The spiritual prayer language in tongues is your spirit praying to God. Do you see the difference there? The gift is Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is what? The giver of the gifts, and He operates them as He wills. It's His Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to your Spirit in a language that you do not understand, but Praying in the Spirit, you you personally praying in the Spirit, is your born-again Spirit praying unto God in a language you don't understand. One is to edify and build up the church. The other one, as we're going to see, is to edify and build up you. Okay? And if that was just, you're going to see this in just a second. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, starting on verse 1, he says, Pursue love. So we've talked about this. We, had, we spent a whole week talking, talking about the gifts work by love. Right? Can you work the gifts apart from love? Yes, you can, but they don't work very good. They usually bring people into condemnation. They usually bring people into bondage that's used in control in all of these situations. But when the Holy Spirit operates perfectly, it's in the love of God. And it's in the love of God. And he says that we are to desire spiritual gifts. So what as a believer, you're sitting here right now, Paul is saying that you should desire to be used by the Holy Spirit supernaturally through his gifts. And some some of us don't desire that. Does that mean that you're not going to heaven? No, it doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. But God wants to do a miracle through you. All of us, all of us should be able to be, to be used by God to see a miracle. So he says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you prophesy. And we looked at this last week. I wish I could tell you, if you didn't, weren't here last week, pick up the CD. But unfortunately, we had some technical issues, and we don't have last week's message recorded. Hopefully we're we'll recording now, right? Okay. and But the whole church is supposed to desire, especially to prophesy. And we've seen that last week. And that is to what? Edify? Speak a word of edification? Speak a word of exhortation? Speak a word of comfort to the body? And all of us, it says all can prophesy, right? Remember that from last week? For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. You know, Paul talks as you read through all of Paul's writings, he talks about these mysteries that were revealed to him. And we're gonna see in a little bit, we're gonna see in a little bit that he says, I, I pray in tongues more than you all. How do you think Paul came up with all these revelations of the mystery of Christ? If we're praying to God and we're praying in the spirit, we're speaking mysteries, and then they're revealed to us, that reveals revelation, and he's revealing the mysteries of Christ crucified and who we are in him. Maybe we have an idea of how he had so much revelation in God. But first of all, he says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. So if you hear someone speaking in tongues... Don't worry, they're not talking to you. If you say, you know, I don't really understand what they're saying, and it sounds like baby talk or whatever, it's okay, because they're not, they're not talking to you. It, it's, it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't for you. But look what he goes on to say. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So everything that we do in a church service is for what? The edification of the body, right? So when you speak in tongues and no one can understand it, who are you edifying? Yourself, it says. But when you prophesy to the entire church in a language that people can understand, Who are you edifying? Right, the body, the church. You're edifying everyone. He who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues. So what, I mean, what do you do? What is Paul Paul saying here? He wishes that what? All spoke with tongues. But even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So what is he saying here? A lot of people take this verse to me and say, prophecy is a better gift than tongues. In the church, it is. Because people can't understand you when you speak in tongues. But, when you speak in tongues with interpretation, it comes up to the same level as prophecy. It actually becomes prophecy. And it's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Do you, do you see that? I, I don't want to go too far. This is new for a lot of people here. So in church, if you break out in a tongue... You are responsible to interpret, right? So that the body can be edified. We're going to see that in a little bit. Verse 6, now, But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophecy, or by teaching? So what is he saying there? He's saying that if I came into the church service and I just started speaking in tongues, it wouldn't profit anybody. Because he who speaks in tongues doesn't edify the church. He edifies who? Himself. So what should, he, what should you do before you show up to church? Pray in tongues. So Why? So I can have a revelation. So you can have knowledge. So you can have pro- prophecy. And you can have teaching. You should edify yourself before you edify the church. Even th- every even things without life whether a flute or a harp when they make a sound unless they make a distinction in the sounds how will you how will it be known what is piped or played for if the trumpet makes a uncertain sound who will prepare for battle? So what is he saying here? He's saying that even, we're talk, he's talking about musical instruments. If you don't play notes with musical instruments, it just sounds like noise. It's, 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 it's not edifying, it's not lovely, it's not beautiful, you can't tap your foot to it, any, any of that st- type of stuff. And he's saying, so if you went into a church service, and some of you have been in those church services where everybody's speaking in tongues, it's not a beautiful noise unto the hearers. Because they can't be edified. They can't be built up. They don't know what's happening. And this is what was happening within the church. Everybody was showing up. They were speaking in tongues. And it was just chaos. No one was being edified. No one was being built up. He was basically saying, if you want to pray in the spirit to edify yourself, do it at home. Because what happens? If, if, if I showed up here and all I did was speak in tongues, what, what would it do? It would just make you say, oh, look at how spiritual Pastor Chad is. But you wouldn't get edified out of it. So when we we pray in an unknown tongue and there's no interpretation and no one is edified, all it does is draw attention unto ourselves. And the church is not to be that way. The church is supposed to be filled with servants. Everything that we do here is supposed to serve one another, to build each other up, to encourage one another. You see that, verse nine. So likewise, you unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. So he's saying, you're just a bag of hot air. If all you're doing is talking in tongues in the church, there there are it may be so many kinds of languages in the world. And none of them is without significance. So right there he's saying, that doesn't mean that when you speak in tongues, there's no significance in it whatsoever. But if the person doesn't understand what you're saying, it's not profiting them whatsoever. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts... Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So what is he saying is, is he's saying your ministry, your serving the church is to be for the edification, the building up of the body. And it's not to just be showing how spiritual you are. Verse 13. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So what is he saying? He's talking about in the body, for the church, for edification. He's saying if you're going to stand up and you're going to pray in an unknown tongue, you better pray that you interpret. Or there's someone there that has the gift of interpretation. Because no one is going to be edified. If if someone got up and interrupted the service, first of all, we're going to see that that's out of order anyways. But if someone got up here and just spoke in tongues, it would... Literally, the Bible says that it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time unless someone interprets what's being spoken. And right now, you've got to understand, we're talking about supernatural things. If, if you have a hard time believing that God is supernatural, if you have a hard time believing that there's a spiritual realm and that God works within you, you're going to have a really hard time with this. This is where that union. You know how many weeks we've, we've talked about union with God and being in one with God? This is that union. This is that fellowship that his spirit speaks to your spirit. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So who prays when you pray in a tongue? Your spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray also with the understanding. I will sing in the, with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So what can we come to understand from this, these, this phrasing right here? Everywhere in the Bible where it talks about praying in the Spirit is what? Speaking in tongues. Everywhere in the Bible where it says singing in the Spirit, what does that mean? That means to sing in tongues. Right? But he says that you need to do both. You, you need to do both. Where should you do the singing and praying in a known language? Amongst other believers, amongst other people, people that know what's happening and what's going on. Verse 16 Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen? at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So what is he saying here? He says that when you're praying in the Spirit, and that person doesn't know what in the world you're saying, he's he's saying they they won't even know when to say amen, or so be it, or I agree with you, because they have no clue what you're saying. Now, does that mean praying in the Spirit is wrong? No, he goes on to say, for indeed you give thanks well. But the person that is praying along with you is not being edified. Do, do, do we understand this? So when you're all by yourself in your, in your car or in your, in, in your bedroom or wherever, you out in the woods taking a walk and, and you're just praying in the spirit unto God, you're giving thanks very, very well. You're edifying and building yourself up. But when we come into the church and we, and we do it and people have no idea what you're saying, it's a, it's, a, it's a waste, it's, it's, it's not edifying, it's not building up the body. Verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I would rather speak five words of my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in the tongue. Does this show you the the, the extent of of foolishness it is to have a church service and just have everybody speaking in tongues. He says, I'd rather have five words with my understanding that the church might be edified than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. I mean, it's pretty, this is pretty simple when you just go line by line through the chapter. Verse 20 Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. And what he's saying here is I want you to understand these spiritual gifts. I want you to understand how these operate and how they work, but don't use them against each other. Be babes. Be be innocent when it comes to using spiritual gifts against each other or trying to make people think that you're somebody special. First of all, You're not the one that operates in the... You you operate in the gift, but you're not the one that gives the gift. The gift isn't from you. It's through the Holy Spirit, right? So we should be humbled right there, there and then. In the law, it is written, with men of other tongues and of other lips, I will speak to these people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophecy is for, not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speaks with tongues, and there comes in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you're out of your mind? And that is what a lot of people say, the uninformed say, when they hear people speak in tongues. That, they're, they're out of their mind. That's one of those crazy churches. And you're probably sitting here thinking, oh, well, this is one of those churches that believes in speaking in tongues? Yeah, you're, you've already been labeled. Everybody knows you're here, so you might as well just sit back and <laughs> relax. You think, But he doesn't say, glory. And he's not sweat, sweating and wiping his brow. This can't be one of those tongues talking churches. Well, no, it's one of those tongue-talking churches. Your pastor speaks in tongues. I spoke in tongues during the worship service today, but did I draw attention to myself? Did anybody did, was I distracting? No. See, a lot of people get the idea that this idea that when you speak in tongues, that you think you're somebody. No, I speak in tongues because I realize that of myself, I am nobody. I need to depend on the Holy Spirit. I need, I need his wisdom. I need his understanding. I need his revelation in my life. I need to be edified. I need to be built up. It's when people turn it around and they use it in a way that God never intended to be used to say, look at me. I'm someone special. I, I speak in tongues. First of all, some people believe that if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. I did not believe that. I was back... I, I grew up in a... I didn't have teaching on understanding what speaking in tongues was. I, I learned the hard way by having a relationship with Jesus. First time I, I, I was... I wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit so bad I got prayed multiple times received the baptism of the Holy Spirit until a man came in with a, with a word of knowledge and a home Bible study and he pointed at me and he says, stop believing that you have the for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've, you've pray, They've prayed believe that you've received. And that changed my whole life. When I was stopped trying to get something, but I believe that I already have it had it. And this is not a teaching on praying in the Holy Ghost. For those that are interested in wanting to pray in the Holy Ghost, this is something that you desire. There's something in your heart that I want more of God. I see that it's in the Bible. I want more of this. Come and talk to me. We'll we'll, we'll have a great conversation. You Every believer, every single believer can pray in in an unknown language, in an unknown tongue. Every single believer in in the book of Acts, when they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they receive the ability to speak in another tongue. Why? For your edification. It's something supernatural. It's something to give you revelation. It's something to encourage and build you up. But we're talking about the gift, the gift of tongues and interpretation, not the prayer language. So therefore, tongues are a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. This is somewhere where if there's some of you here that have are, understand tongues and stuff, this is where I might say something that you've never heard before. Um, but a lot of people teach that, see, tongues, we're supposed to pray in tongues in church because it's a sign for unbelievers. Guess what? Not all signs are good signs. Not all signs are good signs. He goes on to say, if the uninformed are unbelievers, will they not say that you're out of your mind? Tongues to someone that does not understand tongues, tongues to, to an unbeliever is a sign that you guys are crazy. You're crazy. And he, he uses this scripture in Isaiah. In the law, with men, and, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people, and yet for all that, they will not hear me, says the Lord. He says that when you come to people that don't understand the gift of tongues, when you come to people that don't, are unbelievers, he says, they will not hear you. Here's, here's the scripture. Oh, what do I got here? See, I always get ahead of myself. A sign, right? It's not always good. Signs aren't always good. Usually a sign is a positive thing, and it helps people believe. But there are also negative signs that are intended to be stumbling blocks to those with hardened hearts. Isaiah also said in the scriptures that Paul just quoted that despite these miraculous manifestations, they would not hear. You know, Jesus was a sign. That was rejected. He he, he did miracles. Uh, He raised Lazarus from the dead. And what did the religious people want to do? Did they say. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Let's go praise him. Let's go celebrate him. Let's go learn more about Jesus. No it says. They gathered together to think about. How they might kill him. To kill him. So. So signs and wonders to an unbeliever or someone with a hard heart, it just makes them more hardened. Look at what Isaiah said here. Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue I will speak to these people, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. So when you're speaking in the tongues, what you're not speaking to men. You're speaking to who? You're speaking to God, right? And you're not edifying the church. You're edifying who? Yourself. And Isaiah says that this was a refreshing. This is a rest. So when you speak in the tongues, you're edifying. You're building yourself up. You're entering into that rest. You're, in, you're being refreshed, the Bible says. But for people that don't understand it, they're not going to hear it. They're going to reject it. Speaking in tongues is a negative sign to unbelievers that will cause them to think we are crazy. Some of you are probably thinking that right now. That's the point Paul was trying to make. And that is the reason he was telling them not to speak in tongues in church in a way that dominates the service. If you speak in tongues and you out loud and you cause attraction to yourself, you need to interpret. Or someone needs to interpret what is being said. If we don't, we're just being selfish. We're not caring. We're not walking in love. Tongues, Tongues can be a negative sign that will cause unbelievers to reject our witness. This was done to to persuade the Corinthians not to speak with tongues without interpretation in the body. So verse 22 of 1 Corinthians 14, Therefore tongues are a sign, not for those who believe, but to unbelievers, but prophesying is not to unbelievers, but for those who believe. Why? Because, Because unbelievers can understand what's being said. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak in tongues and there come in those that are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are mad or out of your mind? Verse 24. But if all prophesy and the unbeliever or the uninformed person comes in, he is convicted by all. He is convinced by all. He is convicted by all and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed and so falling down in his face he w- he will worship God and report that God is truly among you and remember what prophecy was for edification exhortation and comfort god supernaturally speaking through you in a known language to edify to comfort to exhort one another and it's all about ministering, serving. That's what the gifts are for. They're to minister and serve other people. Order in the church. We've been talking th- throughout this, 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 these verses about order in the church, but, but here's what Paul said. Continuing in verse 27, he says, If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or the, at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. So he's saying that in the church service, If this ministry gift, if the Holy Spirit wants to minister through a tongue, just like prophecy we're going to see in a little bit, have it be one or two, or at the most three. And there has to be an interpreter. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church. So what is it saying here? It's saying that you can control the Holy Spirit. If you jump up and just start speaking in tongues, and we say, okay, interpret. Well, I can't interpret. And you keep on speaking in tongues. And you say, I just can't help it. It's the Holy Spirit. No, it says right here quite clearly that you can keep silent. You can keep silent. But then look what he says and let him speak to himself and to God. You can pray in the Spirit. In church, but do it under your breath. Don't be, make a scene about it. Do it to yourself and unto God. Edify and build yourself up. Right? I mean, you you need a theological seminary degree to get confused on this stuff. It is it's so simple? But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, we talked about this last week, and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So this isn't just for the church of Corinth, this is for all the churches and for all the saints. Right? I mean, it's pretty pretty simple. This these are um, these are awesome awesome gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to do through us and when it's done correctly, it does exactly what God says. People are in awe. They fall on their face and say surely God is in this place. Right? That's what we need. We don't need another gimmick. We need, we need God. Edify. So we've seen that he that prays in a tongue prays in his spirit. His spirit prays, right? And he edifies himself. Look at what Jude twenty twenty says. He says, "...but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit." So you can pray in the Holy Spirit and build yourself up. He's saying the exact same thought, thing Paul was saying. That, who was Jude? Jude was Jesus' half-brother. Right? Virgin Mary was a virgin when she had Jesus, but afterwards she wasn't. She had, she, James was a brother of Jesus. Jude was a brother. These are all half-brothers. Why were they half brothers, Chad? It's because they had the same mother, but then they didn't have the same father. Right? So Jude says, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy f- faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So when you pray in an unknown tongue to yourself and unto God, you are building yourself up on your most holy faith. You are edifying yourself. Does this sound like something everyone should want? Yes. Why would you not want to have a supernatural way for God to edify, build you up in your spirit? But in the church, we must interpret for the church to be edified, right? So it's all about edification. So what is it? What is the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues? The ministry gift of diverse kinds of tongues is diverse means or various, different kinds of tongues is a gift used for public ministry. Diverse kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance that, that come from God through the person of the Holy Spirit. This gift is, a, is directed through man's spirit and manifests a spiritual language, a divine spiritual communication that is different from his native tongue. You know, it says on the day of Pentecost, he says, they all spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them what? Utterance. Holy Spirit gives you the utterance. He doesn't make you speak. Holy Spirit gives you the prophecy in a known tongue, but he doesn't make you speak. We do it by faith. So when prophecy comes up, there's this words that come up within you to speak over the congregation or into someone's life, but if you subdue it and do not speak it out, the prophecy does not happen, right? The same thing with tongues is the Holy Spirit gives you the utterance, which is what? The words. And these words should be words you don't understand, by faith, you speak them out, and it, but if it's in the church, you need to have edification. You, to edify, you need to have interpretation. Do you understand that? A lot of people think that to speak in tongues, it's just the Holy Spirit coming upon you and making you do something. That is not tongues. That's a demon. Holy Spirit doesn't make you do anything. He gives you utterance. Let me describe this another way. If, if I knew German, which I don't, but I knew it and you didn't know it, And I wanted you to speak in German, what would I have to do? I'd have to whisper in your ear a German word. And then you would have to take that German word and speak it out of your mouth, right? And you have no idea what that German word even means. Does everybody understand this? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives you a word that you have no idea what it means. But you, by faith, have to speak it out. Right? And I'm sure there's some of you that have been alone with God. You've been worshiping him. You've been praying. You've been praying. And all of a sudden, you just start stumbling over your words. And there's like, you just start, it almost starts like, like baby talking. And, and, and you, so what do you do? You stop. You get your composure. And then you start over, worshiping and praying God in a known tongue. There's some of you that the Holy Spirit is trying to get that prayer language to happen in you, but you stop it. It's really not that weird. It's not that, again, this is, if you want to know more about this, if this is something that you long to have the Holy Spirit do in your life, it's very, very, very simple to do. So, but the gift, the gift is directed through the man's spirit and manifests A spiritual language, a divine and spiritual communication that is different from his native tongue. To be used in public ministry, it must be accompanied by the gift of interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues is a supernatural verbalization of the meaning of the message just delivered to the church by a member of the body of Christ in a language that he does not understand. The purpose of this gift is to interpret and render a message intelligible that was given forth in an unintelligible tongue. So what is the interpretation of tongues? Someone gives a tongue, which is an unknown language, then someone else, whether the person that just gave the tongue or someone else in the congregation stands up and says, this is the interpretation of what was just said in an unknown language, in a known language, okay? And it's interpretation, it's not a translation. Do you know what the difference is between an interpretation and a translation? Someone might get up in tongues and talk for a minute. That'd make it people really uncomfortable. A whole minute. But someone might get up and give the interpretation and it might be 30 seconds. Why? Because it was an interpretation. It wasn't a word for word translation. Right? There's some things in certain languages that takes a lot more to say in that language than it does in English. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it could be the other way. Someone could get up and just give a few lines in tongues, and then all of a sudden, someone has a great big long interpretation. You you understand? These are little things that people never thought of, don't think about, and have never been taught these things. The ministry of the gift, the ministry of the gift and its sister gift, diverse kinds of tongues, is to edify and build up the church when these two gifts are in operation together. It equals prophecy, which is for the edification, exhortation, and the comfort of the church. So is the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues viable for the church? Yes, but only when they move hand in hand. And when they move hand in hand, they're brought up to the same level as prophecy. Why? Because everybody's being edified, everybody's being exhorted, and everybody's being comforted. pretty simple. And for some of you that this is the first time you've ever heard this, get your bible, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and read through it. It's 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 that's what we just did. We just went line by line by line like by line through 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Instead of trying to get I could stood up here and and use a bunch of examples or a bunch of experiences that's happened or a bunch of things that certain people have said about tongues or whatever. It's just easier for everybody if we just see what Paul, the writer of it, had to say about it. And we've seen that it's for your edification. It's for the edification of the church. He desires that all of us do it, right? And if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to speak in tongues, and it's for your benefit is to edify, to build up, to strengthen you in your faith. Amen? Amen. So we want to be a church that God moves in. We want to be a church that God, the gifts of the Spirit happen. We want to be in a church that, that people walk out of here and say, God is truly in that place. And that doesn't happen because of me. That happens because of all of us you guys the holy spirit wants to operate in gifts through you and not me do i feel bad do i feel threatened by that no we're all in the body of christ we all have we're all members right not all of us are a hand not all of us are feet not all of us are ears we all play a different role and we want to be a church that the body does ministry. Amen? The only thing that I ask is just like we did last week about prophecy, that it's done decently, in order, and according to what we've learned, what the Scripture says. And we always, 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 always take the unlearned and unbeliever's heart and mind into consideration when we do anything. That we walk in love before we walk in power. Amen? Amen. So let's stand up. If, if 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 just like all all of these gifts that we talked about, we right now we want to believe God to activate this in our life. We want to receive the gift of tongues and and the interpretation of tongues in our life. Uh, if, if there's some of you that that have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know it's it's on the day of Pentecost the Holy Spirit came and He's here. We don't have to wait. We don't have to tarry. We don't have to do a bunch of monkey tricks to to get the Holy Spirit to. To baptize us in his strength and his power, but we just have to receive it and believe it, just like salvation. so today you can you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today just by simple faith it 's easy, and uh, if you today, if you believe to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you believe to receive gifts interpretation of, of tongues interpretation of tongues, if you believed, you received it 's that, it's that easy so let 's just pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you are a God that doesn't leave us nor forsake us. We thank you that you have sent the third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit, to live in your body. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God dwells within us. Hmm. Father, we just humble ourselves among you today that we can't do what needs to be done in our own strength. We can't, no matter how much money we have, no matter how talented we are, are, no matter how polished we are, or how culturally relevant we are, or how cool we are, we can do nothing apart from you. And we humble ourselves today, and we ask Holy Spirit that you would baptize us in your power, that you would baptize us in your love, that you would use us in a way that's supernatural, that you would use us in a way that we can't be used just in our flesh. And we thank you that it's your good pleasure, it's your will, it's why you were sent to empower us from on high, as Jesus said. So right now, by faith, we receive that empowering of the Holy Spirit. We receive the gifts of the Spirit. And today we receive and believe that in this body we receive tongues and the interpretation of tongues so that the church might be edified. We love you, we praise you and we receive this now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Caris New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.